Welcome to the All for Inclusion podcast. This is the place where the conversation starts. You will hear plenty of stories on how disability has impacted people from school through to work, the struggles they have faced and how they've overcome them. There will be lots of tips on how businesses, society and people can become more inclusive. Here's your host, Scott Whitney. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the All for Inclusion pod. Today joining me is Fumi Lawal. Um, Fumi, can you just, you're very well travelled, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners if that's okay? Okay, I'm Fumi Lawal, founder of Clipmix. Um, I was born in UK and went back to Nigeria at the age of three. I came back at the age of 19 after being graduated. I went to London School of Economics and I studied MSc uh, Analysis Design at London School of Economics. Um, I've been a civil servant for 10 years. Um, I worked in Auger CAT Systems in Dubai. Uh, I'm I'm a mother of two. Excellent, thank you. And um, and and you said you went to uh, Nigeria when when you was three. Yes. Um, what? Uh, where in Nigeria was you? Um, where was you based in? I was based in Lagos. Uh, my parents lived in Lagos, and um, I went to school in one of the best schools in Lagos. Um, I'm not boasting. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I studied um, in University of Illori, which was outside Lagos. Um, so it's about three hours away from Lagos. Usually people just um, want to get out of Lagos and go outside and see the old wi- uh, wide world. Yeah. So is, is Lagos quite, uh, quite busy, quite kind of hustle bustle? Yes, um, it is. Um, it's the com- it was the co- uh, it's still the commercial center. It used to be the capital when I was young. Uh, the capital is now Abuja. So Lagos is still bubbling. It's still very rowdy. It's still very noisy. <laughs> as as capital cities are. Yeah. 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 Excellent. And um, and then you came back across. You said when you was nineteen. Is that right? Yes. Um. I, I graduated at nineteen. I came back to UK. And um, I started my life in UK. My parents came as well. Yeah. Uh, they came, yeah. Uh, they came, my mom came 1988. I came 1987 when I was 19. Okay. So what was your, what was the decision behind you sort of moving over um, yourself? Um, I never had a Nigerian passport, believe it or not. I had my first Nigerian passport at the age of 49. Yeah. And um, I've always had um, a British passport. And I thought, um, I'll, I'll come on holiday, go back, during holiday, any holiday whatsoever, come back and stay with my uncle and um, go back. And then eventually when I graduated, I just um, came back finally. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Nigeria is home and here is home as well. I've not been back for 18 years. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's good that you, you're, you know, I guess, like you said, both are home, so you've kind of got, yeah. you know the, the the culture within you from from both places i guess yes yes, yes exactly. excellent excellent um so your 
the the founder of a business called uh Clipnix. Yes, that's um, so what's the what's the story behind Clipnix? Well, whilst I was living in Dubai, um I I got pregnant, I fell pregnant, and then at 17 weeks, um the um my blood pressure was uncontrollable. So a, a, a nurse in the most expensive, then at that time, the most expensive hospital in Dubai came into my room and said, I may lose my job, but I need to tell you something. You need to go back to UK and have the baby because they can't cope in Dubai with the baby. And then I, that was valuable um, advice. And I came back to UK at 17 weeks. And the pregnancy, the first pregnancy I had, it was born premature because um, um, I had preeclampsia. Yeah. And the second one, I had preeclampsia as well. But what I didn't realize is that it would um, have last longing consequences. Uh, seven days after the baby, I was lying down in bed and then I got a banging headache. And that was last thing I knew I, w- I had a stroke. I, I knew I something, ter- I didn't know it was a stroke then, but I knew something terrible was going to happen because I lost consciousness. So I was taken to hospital. Um, fast forward, when I started, I couldn't talk. My whole right side was gone and um, I couldn't talk. I couldn't, um, I just made noises ooh, like that. Um, so when I started recovering, um, I needed my independence, my privacy, as you can imagine. So. Um, I looked in the markets for something comfortable to make sure that um, I, I gained my independence. So eventually I didn't get anything online. I didn't get anything on Amazon. I didn't get anything uh, everywhere in shops. So fast forward 2018, I decided to uh, go for it. I did searches and there was still nothing in the market. So I decided to help people, stroke victims, elderly, um, it can it negates the need to bend or stretch. It can be worn sitting down, standing up, lying down. You can wear it lying down. So it's good that way. It's for the elderly, the frail, uh, pregnant women, um, post-operative recuperation, uh, limited mobility, people in wheelchair, people with bad back. Um, they don't need to bend down. They can stand up and wear it. They can lie down and wear it. Yeah. So, um, what's what makes uh, what's the real difference between sort of clipnicks and and sort of normal uh, underwear for someone in the situation? The there's a major difference. Is adaptive is adaptive underwear. And is front fastening. There are two types of fasteners. Uh, we're in the pr- um, process of making another fastener, magnets and Velcro. But uh, currently we have um, clip nick, clip hook, and um, buttons. So you can stand up to wear your underwear, unlike other underwear, bend down to wear it. Um, it's it's fancy. Um, if you visit the website, you see that it's fancy. It's cheeky. Uh, it's not like normal. Um, uh, if you're ill and you're getting panties or disposable panties and um, you can wear and feel confident about wearing clipnicks, 
So it's very, um, it's made from cotton, so there's no problem. It's from, made from lace, so you don't have a problem with them uh, sitting down, standing up. Mm. And you say um, about the disposable underwear. Now, unfortunately, I've had to uh, to wear those, and it's not very, um, it's not very comfortable. Yeah, it's not very comfortable. Not very nice. Not very dignified either, mm-hmm. is it? Um, it's not something you want to be in for a long time at all. Um, so how many different, I mean, I know you said you've got your two kind of fastening ways and you've also got the third sort of coming out. Um, yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they want to have a look on, on your website, um, how many sorts of styles would they, would they see and, and what sort of yeah. colors or not what sort of colors, how many colors? Um, there are three um, designs, um, traditional, classic, and um, standard. The standard is made from cotton, and they, it comes in two fasteners as well. All of them call in, come in two fasteners. Um, the traditional is high waist um, and lace, lace with cotton, and the classic is just lace, and um, the standard is cotton with this lace trim. So it's very, I prefer the co- <laughs> the lace <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've got all three designs. Well, my I'm partial to the cotton and lace stream. Yeah, it makes me look like um, uh, um, it comes in white, cream, and um, black. It comes in all um uh, sizes, eight to twenty six for everybody and um, shapes and sizes. Excellent, excellent, and um. And how long has how long has the uh, Clipnix been been around for? You said two thousand and eighteen. Um, um, we didn't actually carry on yet. Yeah. Go on. We didn't actually start trading um, um, to the public. Um, we we the order came in twenty nineteen, and like I said, uh, it was very unfortunate that the order was um, um, destroyed, and um, we didn't actually start trading until uh, last April. So it's been around for a year. Okay. Excellent, excellent. And do people just go? Is it just on your website that people go to get get them, or can they find them elsewhere? Um, it, it's on my website. It's on Amazon. It's on Etsy. It's on um, uh, uh, eBay. It's on Fair. If you want to buy um, worth of two uh, hundred pounds worth, it's on Anchor Store. And um, it's in America. It's on Intimately. Um, in Australia, it's on um, Avery. Yeah, so it's, it's, you can you can find it in a in a in a number of places. And I guess what people will do is they'll see it on Amazon, and then potentially then buy their first off Amazon, and then find you direct after that um, yeah. on the website, which is uh, which is a good way of uh, of being able to do it. So sort of going back to um, to your your stroke, then if you don't mind. When you, um, how long did it take you to go from, um, you know, the first symptom until you were sort of back recovered? Um, about six months to a year because I started working um, on my feet within six months. Or the last thing that came back was my hand. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, my hand. I could till up till now. My handwriting is horrible. <laughs> I prefer typing anytime. So I, when when I'm put on the stop spot to write something, uh, I squibble. 
yeah. So it took a year for recovery. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, and obviously you said you know you'd have gone through a lot of the physio yourself. And yes. Yeah. You said you know you had to have someone help you with with everything. Um, what was that? Uh, carers coming in to do that? Yeah. Um, I had carers. I had my mom. Uh, I moved in with my mom. She was looking after the baby. Um, so I could look after myself and concentrate on my recovery. So my, even when I left um, my mom's house, my daughter was still with my mom. Um, she stayed there for a year and a half. Yeah. And then she moved in with me. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, um, obviously, during the stroke and when you, when you just moved in with your mom, um, what was your kind of relationship like with your, with your daughter then? Was you, because obviously it's it takes a long time doesn't it yeah um she she actually grew up thinking uh my mom was her mom yeah <laughs> um she bonded with my mom more than she bonded with me but anyway we're fine now yeah yeah <laughs> but no, my that... mom passed away 2018 so no 2017 that passed 2018 so yeah she, didn't, she doesn't have a choice now <laughs> So yeah, so you know, I can imagine it. You know, was I, I guess you was aware of seeing that you know that some of the milestone kind of moments mm. with um, with crawling and yes, um, yes, yeah. yes, I was aware of that because we were living in the same house. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I mean that's obviously one thing which uh, I was speaking to someone um, a couple of weeks ago, and they missed some of those milestone moments, and I think that's one of the things you know you you want to make sure that. Mm you're around for really and I guess anyone can miss them they can someone can be at work or something but mm. it's different isn't it it's completely mm. different mm. yeah and and what was what was what was your mum like and your and, and your dad like sort of support wise with um with yourself oh they were my mum and dad were excellent they they're the best parents you can ask for um they stood by me and I miss them so much <laughs> yeah. I miss the company I miss uh, one day I was going to work and I thought oh let me phone mommy and tell her not to disturb me at work because, um, and I didn't realize she was dead. I, mm. I thought to myself, Oh God, she's gone. Yeah. And I just, just packed and started crying. Yeah. She, 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 she was that close to me and I adore her. Mm. Yeah. So best friend. And yeah. Oh, very, very yeah. much yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, so how long then was it after the, the, you know, I know we, we haven't sort of talked timeline when you had the stroke. How long was it after the stroke when you started to think, right, I'm going to to get Klipnik started? Um, it was um, then after the stroke, um, I had end stage kidney failure due to the yeah. high blood pressure. Um, so I went on dialysis at the same time. Um, when I was doing dialysis, when I was on dialysis, I couldn't do anything much for myself. Um, wearing underwear was very hard and wearing bra. I didn't wear bra for the entire time I was on dialysis. One year, nine months, I couldn't be bothered. So I had the intention of doing it, but I, I didn't have the finances to go ahead with it. Yeah. So um, I was very fortunate to get uh, refunds of PPI. Yeah, uh, I got a lump sum for a refund of PPI, so I just um, went for it. Yeah, excellent. So when you was obviously, w- was you um, sort of doing some of the designs and things like that? Yes, before I, I had. Um... 
yeah, I had um, the idea, I drew it out and um, it's a very simple concept. So they got it they, after signing NDAs and they came up with um, a physical product. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And um, you, you said you got the, the third fastenings coming out shortly. When are, when are those likely to, uh, to be available? Uh, lead times at the moment is three months. Yeah. Um, Velcro and magnets. Yeah. And any... Uh, because any... Um, because oh. frail people um, can uh, do the buttons and the hooks. Yeah. So they're so frail and they want to be independent. Uh, you can't blame them for being wanting to be independent. So we're going for Velcro and just for them. Just for yeah. them. So it's that making sure they're accessible to yes, yes. another set of people. Have you got any thoughts or any any sort of desire to to do clipnicks for men without the lace, maybe? That's very funny. <laughs> there are lots of products for men out there. Uh, I was just looking at the uh, Etsy today. Oh, based on my um, scanning history, they gave me a lot of male things and it's so funny, so weird and funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are loads of things for men out there because um, women, disabled women are often ignored and um, put aside. Mm. So that's why I did it for uh, women. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. And yeah, it's like you said again, it's just making sure there is that... Mm. Um, that inclusivity, that accessibility. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and what's what's your what's your your plans for the future with with Clipnix? Oh, I'm looking in five years' time. Um, I'm hoping to be known for quality. When you hear the name Clipnix, quality, um, fashion, um, sexiness. The fact that you're in wheelchair doesn't mean you shouldn't be sexy. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, worldwide, yeah, we'll be known in Australia. We're already in Australia uh, and um, America. We're thinking about going to Africa and um, South America. So it's um, onwards and upwards. Excellent, excellent. And what's your um, what's your biggest challenge been? Oh, don't even go there. It's finance. Oh, <laughs> oh because uh, you're female. You're black. You're is everything is against you. So getting money from investors, uh, they have the mindset of uh, men produce better. Um, I don't know why they have it because um, female females um are more hardworking. I <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. I'll, 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 I'll let you. I'll let you get dig in. It's fine. <laughs> I'm multitasking. <laughs> We're more yeah, multitasking. I definitely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the finance, raising funds, it's the problem. It's a major problem. Yeah. But everything else is fine. Okay. And um and it, and what type of what type of person or um business would be your your ideal investor? Oh, somebody interested in health. Uh, it, um, health, um, pharmaceutical, uh, fashion. If they're interested in health, they would want to be inclusive. If they're interested in fashion, they'll be enti- um, excited about 
inclusiveness, if they're interested in pharmacy, they'll be interested in what the technology of it. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, it's not just, um, I guess it's not just people who, if you think about it as well, it's not just people who once wear them, but I guess sort of physios and carers and people like that would see that massive advantage as well, because um, it helps them keep, keep people's, you know, dignity and and, and privacy you know they don't want to be crossing that line themselves either yeah 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 true excellent excellent um okay so we've got uh covered is there any other sort of ranges or things you want to to cover on are you really looking to just go for that one big market sector yeah, um, the market sector is still un- untapped. Um, we, we people are not getting to know it as fast as I think they should. So we're we're still sticking by the uh, target market, which is the elderly, uh, people that have had operation in hospitals, um, care homes. Um, they've not actually um, embraced it so much that um, I'm still having to juggle everything around um, working three places. So, yeah. um, so are people more getting it because of um, comfort than, you know, kind of how it makes them look and feel? Yeah, but that's not the only problem. They don't know about it. If yeah. they knew about it, they would buy it, but they yeah. don't know it's there. So yeah. uh, thank you for the publicity and um, for letting people know it's there. It's for them. It's made for them. It would make meet their needs. It would give them privacy. It would give them independence. It's empowering you. You empower women. Yeah, disabled women. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. And um, you know, I know. Like I've been in in a wheelchair for about a year, and and you know, comfort is one thing, mm. but you want to. You want to be comfortable, but also feeling, still feeling good about yourself. Yes, yes. Feeling yes. nice, and I think, um, I think when it comes to to underwear, I think it, there's a big difference between men and women when it comes to sort of uh, feeling yeah, nice. There, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Okay, okay. So, um, I think kind of we covered most of the bits we're sort of looking to do today but um obviously you've um you've unfortunately suffered a stroke previously what piece of advice could you give to someone who is in regular contact with um someone who's who's recently had a stroke um, the only thing my mom and dad did at the time uh, was just to encourage and uh, keep me on the positive thinking. Um, they, they were there to help support me, just support the person that has had the stroke. Um, show them you care, show them you understand, show them um, you're there for them no matter what. So that was what my parents did and I appreciate it. Um, they kept me going um, every 
when I couldn't, when they couldn't understand what I was saying, they said it was okay. Just try next time. Um, uh, we'll understand you. They just kept on encouraging me. So that's the only thing you can do for someone who's had a stroke: encouraging, encouraging, uh, believing in them that they will get better, and they will get better. Yeah, excellent. And and what about for um, for businesses, employers? What would you say when someone's coming back into the workplace from um, from having a stroke? What would you what What would be your message to uh, to them? Yeah, you can. Um, the fact that they've had a stroke doesn't mean they're not productive. Um, they can be very, very productive. Um, I was um, listening to um, Meaningful Business seminar today. The fact that the most productive workers are disabled workers, and um, Look at the example of Andrew Ma. He had a stroke and he still could do his job. Um, he's gone from uh, BBC to LBC and he's still one of the highest paid people in LBC. So yes. the fact that he has a stroke doesn't make any difference. He's still him. So yes. employers should be inclusive and uh, they should accommodate the things they need for or to make it possible. They should bring it to good use. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's reasonable when people talk about reasonable adjustments. It's it's, it's having that that conversation with the person, mm. and you know, a reasonable adjustment shouldn't necessarily. It shouldn't be about what's reasonable, I guess, for for the. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way. It should. It's not necessarily about what's right for the employer. It's about what's right for the employee. Employee, yes, yes. Um, the, the other day I was on set and then I saw a, a very disabled person just going, using her machine to go around and without the care in the world, she was zoom, come back, zoom. She was a script writer. She yeah. was a script. So it doesn't make difference if you're on a wheelchair or anything. You still write script. You're just an, a human being like everybody else yeah your disability doesn't define you it shouldn't define you no no excellent and i think that's a that's a great sort of note to to finish on there so um i so thank you very much for listening um join in next week when we have another topic to discuss but uh but that's all from me and thank you very much for coming on uh for me Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the All for Inclusion podcast. We'd love you to subscribe and to help other podcast listeners find us more easily. Please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And of course, feel free to pass the pod by sharing it with your family and friends. Remember, the podcast is available every Wednesday and keep an eye out for additional bonus episodes. See you next time on the All for Inclusion podcast.